I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway... Join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, do you, have you guys ever, do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima, oh. Zima's, Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. David Carradine convinces Audrey Horn and the young guy from V to do some crimes in various zones because of the dick cops on this episode of the D List. Hey everybody, uh, this is John, and this is Dave. This is the D list. Uh, this is episode number three. Three, yeah, yeah. Um, Moving along, we are mo- we're doing something. I don't know what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's true. It's a slow pace, but we're doing something. So yeah, this is a podcast where we talk about crap movies. Not necessarily crap movies. Mostly crap movies, but mostly crap movies. You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all kinds of great uh, hidden gems, forgotten about. Features uh, sleeper hits. No, no sleeper no, hits. No sleeper, no sleeper hits. hits. You're right. No sleeper hits. Mostly just garbage. You know, seventies, eighties action, sci-fi, horror, which is like our wheelhouse. Straight, straight genre films. No uh, modern, made to be bad garbage. Right. Yeah. Totally unintentional garbage. Unintentional garbage all around. Uh, so yeah, this is the third episode. Uh, I'm excited. We just finished watching the 1989 film Crime Zone. Uh, oh boy! With our friend Stephen Byer. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing that we happened. Watched it. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. That's the whole thing of the but, show. But uh, first, we're gonna say hey to Steve. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. What's I up, appreciate Steve? the invite, guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, Setup's pretty cool. The one to have you on since we like had this idea. Like, we need to get Steve, obviously. Yeah, you know, we. I mean, we want to have. Not to sound uppity, but we want to have you know people that we know understand film and like <laughs> study film. And you're, yeah. you know, you're a pretty big amateur film critic, well, so to speak. Yeah, that YouTube thing going on for a little while. Well, it's, and- it's also one of those things that you know. Because I work at Purdue and stuff like that, and I, I do a lot of video type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it may not be the the art that we're used to when we see these <laughs> wonderful videos, but uh, no, like I had I had, to, I, had to, <laughs> I had to I had to study this stuff because of my job. Uh, you know, I appreciate the invite and things like that. I, yeah, man, love to have you. Yeah, Glad yeah. You so it, it. Uh, yeah, it turns out that. Uh, Getting people to come watch crappy movies in Dave's basement isn't necessarily as easy as we thought it was originally going to be when we yeah. started doing this. So, 
That's you're, that's weird because yeah. I kind of told you guys, yeah, if I ain't doing nothing, just give me a call, whatever. Uh, plan on that happening in the future. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> I have all these people that want to do it, and then I like reach out to them, and they're like, oh, I can't. Yeah, scheduling stuff is hard. Yeah, it is, especially because you know we're dealing with all kinds of random ass people trying to do <laughs> random ass shit, and everybody's yeah. oh, sorry, I got to work from three thirty to two forty five a.m. Yeah, just yeah. like what, I don't yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Or even just nailing somebody down randomly is kind of hard. Yeah. Yep. Especially because we have these big ideas and then everybody mm-hmm. starts getting older with these responsibilities. Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. Yeah. That word terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that's, a fan of that word. Yeah, because there's so many people where I've had that conversation, <coughs> Riley, where it comes down to, hey, we should do a thing. Yeah, we come up with ideas. But you guys actually executed this and this is kind of cool. It took a little while. It took, we're, we're getting it rolling. And I think it, that's awesome. I've, I mean, I've actually I've talked to Riley several times about this. I knew that it's uh, uh, a f- another friend of ours, uh, an old roommate of mine, Riley Vickery, mm-hmm. uh, who actually has. We definitely got to get him on here because yeah. I mean, that dude has IMDP credits for crappy movies. Yeah. Yes, like, he, he does. Has he has made crappy movies. He's actually related to Kevin Bacon type thing. You know, yeah. What is it like? It's only like, like four steps. Three steps or yeah, something like, like that. Three or four. It's, four, really, it's think, real yeah. short. Yeah, because he did that awesome zombie movie and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, with the kid from Hook. Yeah, yeah. So it goes That's to, the, like, Dustin Hoffman's yeah, like, yeah, real yeah. easy jump there. That's how he does it. Uh, but anyways, this movie. I'm going to have to pull that up and check that out. <laughs> <laughs> what degrees so, But before we get into Crime Zone, starring David Carradine, produced by the wonderful personal hero of mine, Roger Corman. Oh, good old Roger Corman. Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, let's just talk about some other stuff. Yeah, talk about what we've been watching. Yeah, Steve, what you been watching? Uh, so I actually went and saw the sequel to Zombieland last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I wanted to check that out because the first one is so much fun. It is. Yeah, it really yeah, is. It's not what we call, you know, in theater, the a classic type movie, but um, it is basically, it reminded me a lot of the first one because, well, it's a sequel. But <laughs> it's, it's one of those, how do you up the, the ante? Because the first one was so ridiculous, so over the top, mm-hmm. so crazy. How do we up it? And they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. It, it is a rehash of the first movie, but it is just With something more. like that, I kind of expect it and, and actually kind of want it to be, though. You know? And I think that's what you could do going in. Mm-hmm. You go in with that. It's, it's the whole concept of the first one did really well with those people who want to see something like that so we're just going to do that again and just keep it that exact scale it actually kind of surprises me that that got made i kind of feel like the uh the zombie craze has kind of died down oh they make fun of that by the way do they right from the get-go they they do the whole you know there are many zombie options that you can watch we appreciate that you spend your time and your money watching this there are there are many substandard zombie options for you thanks greg nicotero (laughs) yes yes it is that uh, that's I've been I enjoyed that. Uh, I also went and saw the reboots of the uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it is that exact movie over mm-hmm. again. It is. I was telling John earlier that the joke is is that if I had all the money and all the contacts in Hollywood, that I'd want to make a movie with my friends. That's what this movie was. Yeah, you kinda, yeah. I, I suppose you kind of like you know you got to expect that. I feel like Kevin's I've actually heard him talk about it before 
that he's where he's at in his career. Like it was, it was right around when Tusk came out, and people were I like, "Can't stand that." People movie. were like, "Dude, I've never actually seen it." What the fuck? Right. And his basic reply was just like, "I don't give a shit anymore." Yeah. He's like, "I've done, you know, I did the things I wanted to do. I've got, you know, enough going now that I can just be like, hey, here's a here's a stupid ass idea. Mm-hmm. Let's make it." And he can do that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's. I mean, he's. I feel like he's probably got to be done with studio pictures. I'm not surprised. I, I well, really after feel that, like he's got to be done with that. The at this nightmare point. that was that cop movie. Um, that he did. Oh, that Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He went on the went on, He went on a comedy tour, basically just ribbing their Bruce Willis every single time he got on stage. Probably pretty easy to do, yeah. I'm guessing, because yeah. he said he had a very unpleasant time with that. But did you see Tusk, by the way? I did not. I if you I, if you if you're into body horror, if you're into movies like The Human Centipede, then you'll dig it. But other than that, it's just awful. Yeah. I'm not a body horror fan. I'm not. A, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not really like. I mean, there's some, like Tetsuo the Iron Man, oh, sure. the old Japanese thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just, that's, I mean, that is like, I mean, that's probably kind of like one of the genesis of body horror, I suppose. We well, got him, in, or you got that, but, and you got, um, why can't I think of the director, The Fly, the... Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cronenberg. His, his, yeah. his flesh series, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The movie Society, that's like one of the first body horror movies I saw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all but, that... Man, I need but to watch more. Basically, where it, <laughs> I'm in, Tusk uh, <laughs> kind of had that feeling of it, and it's just it wasn't it. But this was a a, a a callback back to the to his roots. And hey, remember how you guys like Clerks? Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna make fun of that. And yeah, hey, yeah. remember how you like this movie? Because that's all it was. It was just straight up inside baseball the entire time, and that's fine. That's, it was fun. So I, Lots I of view, that. view askew jokes yes, basically the whole time. Uh, right from the get mm-hmm. get go. That's all it was. But I tell you what. Fill speak- this with Coke, no ice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you guys like the horror stuff, uh, there is a new show on Fox called Prodigal Son. I recommend I that. check that out. Mm. I know, you know, this is mainly about movies, but uh, if you're a psychological thriller type person, if you like Ooh. the Silence of the Lamb type stuff, Fox uh, gave this little company some money. And it, it feels a little indie. It, it feels, it's more of a cop drama type stuff, but it's basically about the son of a super serial killer thing, oh, Hannibal Lecter type guy. Yeah, I've oh, seen wow. I've seen commercials for that during football. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, what's super funny is the guy who plays the Hannibal Lecter type character. His name is Martin Sheen, but it's not that Martin not Sheen. Different Martin Sheen. Yeah, and that's the thing that cracked me up is he's a British actor who is incredible and he does creepy intellectual creepy really really mm-hmm. well okay so uh i would check that out it's oh. on like episode four that sounds cool <laughs> yeah yeah man i just i have no interest in that kevin smith stuff no i have no interest in that no. i was thinking i wouldn't about mind that. seeing it but like i'm not gonna go rush i out. saw i saw that they were doing an event for it um i recently man this is this may date this podcast. We don't know when this is going to come out. So this may, yeah. we may be talking about stuff that happened months ago at this point. We're not sure. But uh, yeah, I went to the um, uh, the Fathom Events premiere for Three from Hell. Oh, it's, yeah. And they were talking, they were showing that the Kevin Smith stuff before that. And I was like, man, that's not even getting a theatrical release. That's just getting a Fathom Events special. And I was like, that's a couple days. That's a thing. I guess. Yeah. Okay. 
They're doing um, like a road show too, where they're bringing it. They're along. like touring it yeah. with. That's how they're doing Q and A and stuff. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I saw Three from Hell. How was that? Um, wow, you Three from Hell. I have a three-word review. All right, it was okay. It was. <laughs> that's pretty good. It was okay. I mean, I better than I thought it would. So they had like a they had a, they had a featurette afterwards. That went through like a making of kind of thing and had um, about some of the stuff that happened while they were making it. Mm-hmm. And as you probably know, Sid Haig, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Sid. Uh, wonderful guy. Died like like two days after that that event. That's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and that was one of the things they were talking about is um, dur- during the making of feature at. <laughs> That um, the so the three from hell end up being Otis Baby and a new character named Foxy, who's played by Richard Brake, who okay. is fucking wonderful. I love Richard Brake. Wonderful. Okay. I love Richard nice. Brake in everything he's in. He's great. He is the only redeeming quality of 31. The okay, previous yeah, yeah. Yeah. zombie movie, because yeah, that yeah, movie yeah. sucks. It's crap. But Richard Brake's performance in that, you're just watching it and you're like, God damn, I wish he was the Joker. Really? <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That, wow. Oh, he's so, like, just eerily psychotic and, like, just, like, calm. Better than Leto? <laughs> Man, don't get me into that. Don't oh, get me God. into that. Don't get me into that. So disappointed with that. I think so Jared bad. Leto is a phenomenal actor. He's an I think he's fantastic. Actor. I was actually kind of excited. I was super when I heard excited. And then you saw the picture play, of it. And then I saw the character design. And, and I went, like, nope. Ugh. I'm done. Out. Hipster Joker is not my Joker. Uh, also, it was a totally pointless character to be in that movie. And that movie sucked. Oh, but not in the good way that sucks, like Crime Zone. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they're. It was originally supposed to be the main three, you know, Captain Spaulding, Baby, and mm-hmm. and Otis, but uh, Sid's health yeah. was really bad, and he just he physically couldn't do it. He wanted to, and um, Rob Zombie was talking about like he kept like Sid kept rescheduling like costume fittings and stuff like that, and he was finally like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, and he went to visit Sid, and Sid just like. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it all. Uh, His health yeah, just no wasn't doubt. good enough. The the insurance, because uh, <laughs> like the um, when you make a movie like that, the studio has to be able to insure the the actors. Yeah. And the studio would not insure Sid Haig to do the movie. Wow, because because his health, his so health bad. was so bad. Yeah. So that they they managed Rob managed to talk them into letting him film one scene. So they got him on set for one day. And it kind of ties up his story. I think it was kind of nice. okay. I mean, they, they did a good job. That that like three minutes of screen time that he has, best part of the whole movie. Really, best part of the whole movie because he's good. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's the best part of like Devil's Rejects and stuff. He's like what he's known. Best I don't know, known man. For. Otis running around wearing other dude's face. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You're right. No, here's the thing though. Was it good because you wanted him to be in the movie? No, or- he's good. He just like it's so. Because, you know, you build up nostalgia, and that's what kind of yeah, kicks you I mean, sometimes. you know, I'm not going to sit here and spoil the whole damn movie. Well, sure. No, no, like no, 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 but, no, no, no. But to give kind of a pl- – I mean, obviously, we know that they survive the end of Devil's Rejects. Which is weird. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. They do, like – the the beginning of it, they kind of do, like, a bunch of um, 
uh, TV news clip montage kind of things explaining like how the whole thing happened. Okay. And then there's a part and they kind of turn like the, the, the three of them kind of turn into like this, like Manson, like, yeah. cult yeah. kind of thing like people are like yeah man their guys are awesome because <laughs> we like people that murder the shit out of other people for sure. reasons that, for reasons yeah just whatever but it goes back to that whole uh, famous people killing people yeah, type thing yeah. the natural born killers type idea right 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 mm-hmm. exactly exactly um but there's like a there's like a news clip that's an interview with captain spaulding Okay. Where there's like a, a and it's it's really like Manson esque. You okay. know, it's oh, like where cool. he's like, you know, this this psychopath, but somehow he has this charisma that you're yeah, like, Oh weird. shit, yeah. weird, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's a really good scene. It's a really good scene. It's it's Sid did a great job. Um so it, it his last movie isn't the greatest movie, but his performance in it was really good. It was really good. It was really good. Um but he just he couldn't do the movie, so they kept having to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, and they basically had to rewrite the entire movie two weeks before principal started. Oh wow! So that's a mess. Ooh. I can't imagine like how hard that had to be, and it's blatantly obvious Oof. that that's what happened. There's several times where you're like, "Holy shit, this is straight up first draft dialogue." Like there was wow. no refinement to this. It's just. It's just Richard Brake and, and oh my God, Bill Mosley. Almost yeah. forgot his name. It's just yeah, yeah. Bill Mosley, Richard Brake sitting there and go, Bob and Dada, motherfucker. Well, Bob and Dada, motherfucker. Motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> and you're just like, God, come on. You just, you didn't refine this at all. No, no, That's, no, no. no. And, but, Do you think they wanted to, they purposely wanted to push that out and release it before he died? Was that. No, I think that it? they just had a schedule to keep. And, okay. They wanted to keep it and that they, time. And they had to do it. You sure. know, there's no way around it sure, at that sure, point sure. that they just were like, shit, we've got to film something because we've got to go right right now. OK, um, did have some good performances in it. Richard Edson's in it. I fucking love Richard Edson. Richard Edson's great in every single thing he's ever been in. If you don't know who Richard Edson is by name, he's the guy that steals the Ferrari in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There you go. Yes, Trust okay, me, yes. man, I'm a professional. What's, that what's guy funny, is awesome. What's funny is that it brings up that case of. You know this dude. Yeah. Here's the thing you know yeah, yeah, him from. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yep. dear God. Yeah, he's been in like he's 50 He's one of the main things. characters in one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, Do the Right Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, one, yeah, of yeah. The, one of the sons. Right, yeah. right, right. He's great. He's great in it. He was awesome in it. Uh, former uh, little person professional skateboarder, Poncho Moyer. Sure. Um, really liked his character. I don't think he got enough screen time. I really would have liked to have seen them develop him a little bit more. Um, so there's like... There's like kind of a three act structure, you know, because well, classic storytelling, three yeah. act structure where yeah. there's like the beginning that's all like the explanation of what's going on mm-hmm. and where they're at, and then there's like the them basically like getting free because there's like some prison stuff, and then there's prison breaks and blah blah blah, whatever. Okay, and then there's like uh, they escape to Mexico, and I feel like all of all the earlier stuff, like basically all the stuff before they get to Mexico could have been shortened by about 15 minutes or so and not really lost anything. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie is absolutely, completely fucking wretched. Really? In the beginning of that movie. She is terrible. 
As in a character? Or is no, it as like in her actor? acting is oh, just really? awful. Wow. It's yeah. just awful. Yeah, I can um, see that, though. But, but the second half of it, the second half of it is yeah. much better. She's much better in the second half of it. <laughs> um, Got her stride a little bit. Well, it's all like right. it's like all the stuff when she's in prison, she's like super loopy. Ooh. And like, you know, like supposed to be like that she's been in prison for so long that she's become detached. So and it it's it just comes off stupid. Well, it's, it's one of those things that's maybe not in her range as far as to be able to act like that. Well, and, her range is like about an inch and a half sure, wide. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, you know, when I always see an actor who does something bad, I'm thinking, is that because of reshoots? Is that because they didn't get very good direction? Or is it just because it's beyond their range mm-hmm. as far as stuff goes? Because my big, my, my always theory when it comes to acting is you can tell a bad actor if you look at a movie and go, is everybody bad in this? Then it's the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's, yeah, right. it's yeah. hardcore the director. But if it's Star one Wars, or two Star people. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Absolutely. That's a bad. Everyone's bad in that. You yeah. know, and those are great actors that are in that yeah. movie. It's just a bad director because mm-hmm. he does not motivate his actors. He does not give them what they need. But if you see one or two out of an, out of a cast and you're like, oh, those are just bad actors. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what you're going to get with Bill Mosley. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. get Bill Mosley. Sure, yeah. sure. And I mean, I've met Bill Mosley. That's how that dude acts all the time. That's just that's just him. Like yeah. the yeah, like the only difference between Bill Mosley hanging out on a Tuesday and Otis Firefly is that Bill Mosley hanging out on a Tuesday doesn't cut other people's faces off and wear them. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's that thing of you know everybody likes the idea of Rob Zombie directing a movie. Everybody yeah. likes the idea of Rob Zombie writing a movie. I, He's just not a director, though. It's just... I yeah. think I, I think he can be, and I think he could be, and I think that he has definitely shown that he's capable. But I, I really feel like he's his own worst enemy in a right. lot of things. Right. Um, you always hear you always hear that that Star Wars was great because of the editor. Right. Because his George's wife really mm-hmm. turned that into something. Right. And I feel like Rob needs that. He needs someone to take his vision and make it a coherent right. film. Absolutely. And, and editors don't get enough credit. Yeah, he, that, he Yeah, I agree to that. It's Yeah, it's like what I forget there's a, there's an adage about, you know, like the 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 movies shot in the camera but made in the editing room Absolutely. or something like that. Right, right. And Which, I, I just I, I feel sense. like he doesn't have that and if he did have that, a lot of his stuff would be a lot better. I, I, I really I really do love Devil's Rejects. I, I do too. Rejects I do too. Yeah, fantastic yeah, it's a fantastic film. movie. DDP. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I always forget he's in that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. Uh, well, it's like the, the remake of Halloween. You're like, that had so much potential. And like, I didn't care for it. No. I, and that's what not, I mean. I did not mind the first like remake of the Halloween, right. but the second one was Mm-mm. the biggest piece of shit. I've seen. Yeah. Well, it's like that Patton Oswalt routine. You know, oh, you like Angelina Jolie? She gave you a big boner? Well, here's a picture of John Voight's ball sack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know where it came from. You know, it's just like, it's not... Well, he explained too much, and it's not scary when you explain too that much. That is, you know, what's funny that you bring that up. That is my biggest problem that I have with a lot of uh, bad guys that you notice what they're doing. It's the hey, like the stupid Joker movie that's out right now. I don't need his backstory mm-hmm. validated. Yeah. When they did the Hannibal prequel. I don't need to know how he became that monster. Yeah. Stop trying to make our monsters human. I, I I totally agree with that I say it all the time because like it, like exactly it just kind of makes them less intimidating, yeah. less scary. Yeah. You know they're 
Because that was one of the... Look at, for example, speaking of the Joker, look at The Dark Knight. They didn't explain... They didn't explain shit. They didn't tell a damn thing. And that was was the best Joker ever. And any time they explained it, like the three separate times they explained it, it's completely different every time they do it. So you're like, what? What is happening? It adds confusion and mystery and intrigue, and that's Mm -hmm. good. And if you just sit here and go A, B, C, D, and you're like, oh my God, I'm so freaking bored. Right. So um, I have no interest in that. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hate Three from Hell. There's some really good scenes in it, and I feel that it's it obviously, you know, obviously it suffered from production issues, and there's nothing they can do about that. And I, I, I don't, I don't hold that against Rob at all. You know, I sure. mean, he, he, he did the best with what he had, but it just, I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of the franchise. See it by right, all means, yeah. um, like any other sequel type thing. Yeah, sure, and it's you, you're and you're going to be satisfied. I think um, <laughs> if you know if you're a big fan of the franchise, I think you're gonna you're either going to walk into it saying like I am, where it's like, oh, that was okay, or you're going to walk out going, fuck yes, I love it because I love the fireflies and everything they do, and sure. it's awesome. Sure, I I really don't think you're going to walk out and go, wow, what a festering piece of dog crap. <laughs> well, all right, that that's a plus. Then that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but it's just it's just kind of middling. But yeah, that was. I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, D list favorite George Eastman. Oh, that's right. yeah. Yeah, I watched yep. uh, I watched that's one yesterday. I watched one, a western yesterday called uh, "Hate Thy Neighbor." Oh wow! Which was not that great. Oh man, that sounds cool though. Was- it has some cool parts. I mean, but it's really it's pretty standard. Spaghetti Western Fair. He has this like cool claw thing though. Ooh, nice. So that was neat. I'm kind of a sucker um, for Spaghetti Westerns. Like, like I grew yeah. up like my dad was a big Western guy. Yeah. Right. My grandpa, all he watches is Westerns sure, yeah. pretty much. Sure, sure, sure. And so like the Spaghetti Westerns have like a special place. Yeah. Unauthorized plug. Tubi TV app available on all streaming platforms. <laughs> Amazing. So t- yes. Tubi if there you hear us. TUBI. No. <laughs> There's so much of that stuff on there, man. It's great. Also, every episode of Lucha Underground. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Got to push that. Big Lucha Libre fans here. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> if you ever want to like transition your grandfather to spaghetti westerns, but modern type movies, uh, Gran Torino is a good one for that. Oh, yeah. Because my dad okay. was a huge fan of the spaghetti western type stuff. That's all he would watch. Uh, I got him to watch Gran Torino once, and he's like, "Wow." This is pretty good. I like, think Grandpa may have watched that. Yeah, I think I may have watched it with him. I don't, I, it's been a while. Clint Eastwood's always a safe bet. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. My grandpa is a, my grandpa is a big Clint Eastwood guy. Mm. Uh, he even likes Charles Bronson. Oh, because he's I mean, a tough who doesn't guy. like Charles? Yeah, Bronson. exactly. Yeah, Charles Bronson is wonderful. My, my grandpa has he knows one type of movie. Sure, and that's tough guy movie. Oh, there you go. He wants yeah, to watch yeah, the tough yeah, guy. Nothing wrong with tough guy movie, man. Yeah. I love tough guy movies. Yeah. yeah. You give me you give me something with a. Salt and peppery mustache running around shooting bad guys. Yeah, in sold done. So I watched a pretty cool movie uh, this weekend. Watched it Friday. I watched the uh, Lafayette screening of uh, Straight Edge Kegger. No, I saw that on Facebook that you were going to that. What is this? Yeah, tell us tell us uh, us about this. I I vaguely know a little bit about it. I know that it's. uh, I know it's been received very well. Yes, like. it's been uh, it's throughout the like uh, festival circuit, and I think it's won like maybe like two or three awards so far. It's it's been it's been received really well. Um, 
It's shot about 90% here in Lafayette. Oh, okay. It's actually a buddy of mine, uh, Jason Zink. Jason Zink, okay. And uh, it is a... I don't, he, they call it a horror movie, but it's really not a horror movie. More it's more, more more drama, oh, okay. thriller. It's uh, yeah. basically it's it's like it deals with like subculture, like like a, it's like a punk scene. Sure, it's the punk scene, and then like the straight edge scene. Okay, is it them versus themselves or is uh, it? For, yeah, basically like without giving too much away. Sure, uh, it's a uh, a straight edge gang. Okay, like a very militant straight edge. Gang. Like CM Punk type straight edge society type stuff? Little or? bit. Little okay, bit. Okay. Left pipe bombs. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. But uh, it's them, uh, one of the members of that kind of realizing that like, this straight edge club that mm-hmm. he's kind of like dedicated his life with is pretty much just like this group of bullies. Like it oh. started as a good, like they started because of like there was a lot of like Nazis and like drug dealers and stuff in the punk scene. Oh, okay. And I thought you were talking about out. in Lafayette. There's a lot of Nazis and uh, those kind of guys here in my local town. So, okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. good. That's good. We're good. They're not, it's, it's all pretend. Yeah, that's good. They, they don't go outside the trailer park. There you <laughs> go. Exactly. Okay. But it's like them getting out of the, like pushing those out of like the punk scene and the, sh- okay. the shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then them becoming more of like, you know, just militant assholes. Oh. And one of them leaving the group because yeah. one of the other guys... Makes him break edge. Oh no! Yeah, and then it turns into a. Uh, it's very. Have you ever seen the movie You're Next? Maybe mm. that like, uh, kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, like home Invader ish. Oh kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Home yeah. Invasion. Oh, there we go. Thing. Yeah, because we went through that genre for a while. Yeah. yeah, but it's got a little bit of that. But it's it's really well shot. Mm. Uh, the score is because uh, I watched it Friday, and the director Jason was there. Right. And we did. He did a Q and A afterwards, and one of the pe- one of the guys who like comments on it kind of hit it on the nail on the head. He's like, he felt that the score of the movie was like its own character. Awesome. It was really good. It had some like cool '80s like '80s style synthy kind of stuff in parts. Wes Craven sounded stuff. Yes, yeah. it had some of that. Fantastic. It had, it had uh, some local punk bands. Oh, okay. In there, uh, I'll help shout out the Sluts. Oh, it had yeah, the Sluts, of course. Of course. Uh, band from Chicago, Ugly Bones. Mm-hmm. They were like. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, they were like the big mo- the big scene in the beginning of the movie. Sure, but it was really well done. Um, it, I wouldn't say it wasn't like a perfect movie. Oh, of course, but well, you know, it's hard to do. I was going to say, especially for a little indie movie like that. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. But it's really well shot. The actors are really good. Cool. Um, one of the supporting characters is my buddy Sean Jones. Right. And uh, Sean Jones, they did, uh, Jason did a movie before this one, like mm-hmm. probably ten years ago. And Sean was in that as well. And right. I'll admit it, I think Sean admits it too. He's not the best actor. He's sure. not an actor. Well, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's, you know, it's one of those things where you get your buddies together and you make a movie and yeah. stuff like that. Which is and this awesome. one, in Straight Edge Kegger, he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's and he plays, it's funny, is he, play, he's, he plays Sean. Mm-hmm. And he kind of plays himself. He's like the sure. party guy. Sure. But it fits it perfect. Yeah. And then like a lot of my other buddies are in the movie. Okay. Uh, a lot of my other yeah. somebody's and they did an amazing job. Yeah. One of my friends, uh, girlfriends, she has a like a minute long scene. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not a minute long, but she's terrific. I didn't know she could act. I didn't know she could act. Yeah. And she stole that whole scene for me. Well, it also could be one of those things where if the director knows the person and says, hey, I've got a great part for this person. I just want you to read these lines. Just be yeah. you yeah. and just read these. Just, just read memorize line, yeah. this thing. And it, it's always surprising to me when uh, people are like, wow, you could act. It's like, well, I'm just playing myself except my friend just said these words just said these words yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it just fits I was just told what to say 
Yeah, it's usually you you see an actor's range when they have to do something outside themselves. Yeah. But what always cracks me up is when uh, people see independent movies and they're like, "Man, that just didn't it just didn't look good." You know, I, I don't understand why it looked good. It's because professional studios. That stuff costs a lot of money. Oh, yeah, it does. A lot of money. Yeah, you know, does. a professional crane get, uh, jib to hold yeah. the camera to do some of the stuff that those crazy dudes can do, those are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So when you see an indie place that does a good movie because they write a good script, because they care about the project, those are where it's at. Yeah, yeah for sure. And he did a great job. Uh, it was it was shot very well. It was funny because during the Q&A, he mm-hmm. was talking about, like, he pretty much he they did Kickstarter this, but not mm-hmm. like fully not fully funded it. Sure, and his, he was saying something. He's like super in debt with credit cards. Oh, and he's yeah. like he's donating plasma twice a week. <laughs> and it was just like that struggle. <laughs> yeah, for me, from being the technical side of that, I always do the whole you know what kind of camera did he get? Does he have his own gear? Is he renting this from that shop in Indy? Because I know a couple of guys who rent that stuff. Um, because back, back in my job. So it's always one of those. I always like looking at the technical aspects of that kind yeah. of stuff. Just curious, mm-hmm. things like that. I should have gone that with you. That's yeah, yeah, dude. It was, it, was, it was a great time, and they had a punk show afterwards. Oh, of course, so, they did. yeah. yeah. It, was, that was, it was the two punk bands that were in the movie, so it was kind of cool. That's great. I just discovered this was co-produced by Brad Irvin. Shout out to Posse Brad. Oh, you know Brad. I know Brad. Brad was yeah, there yeah, yeah. last. I know Friday. Brad. I know Brad from a long time ago. That's cool. Kicking it at Bane shows and whatnot. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, a Jason said that like one of the big inspirations of this movie was kind of Brad because he Brad's like one of yeah, his yeah. only like straight edge yeah, yeah. buddies mm-hmm. that he like hangs out with all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brad's a good dude. Brad got shot once. Do you know about that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, he got shot. He was like coming out of I forget what he was. He was like coming out of a show at the Vogue or something in Broad Ripple. What? And like got mugged and shot in the gut. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That must have been pre hipster Broad Broad Ripple. Uh, I don't remember when it was. It's been a while, but. Wow. Okay. He's all good now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. He seemed fun. We talked about wrestling yeah. when I saw him Friday. Brad loves wrestling. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I saw I saw Brad from the distance at the last uh, NXT show I went to. Oh, nice. It's like, hey, Brad. You can't see me. I'm you can't see me. Way yeah, far away. Fine, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, guys. There's one more thing that we've seen recently that we haven't talked about yet. Very recently. Yep. Like. As in about half an hour ago, <laughs> we just wrapped watching 1989 Crime Zone with David Carradine. Starring David Carradine, <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn, Peter Nelson. You may remember Peter Nelson from the uh, 80s miniseries V. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, we start watching this. Steve goes, eh, it's the guy from V. <laughs> it's like and one of the like, first things he said. And I was like, shut up. Sherilyn Fenn's on the screen. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, Crime Zone 1989, directed by Luis Losa. Probably not saying that correctly. Close it's enough. Fine. Yeah, There's two fine. L's. I don't know how the hell you're supposed to say that. Um, who also directed just one of the greatest movies. Just one of the greatest movies. What? One shot, one kill. What? Tom Berenger. Oh, Sniper. Sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Sniper. Oh, yes. What, like five of those damn things. Yes, but by far the first one was the best. I think they brought in a couple of the WWE wrestlers to be in some of them sequels, by the way. Oh, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. me. Yeah. But, some some wow. Batista or something yeah. in there before. John Moxley. <laughs> before Batista was a decent actor. <sighs> Shout out to Blade Runner 2049. There you go. <laughs> um. Which Peter Nelson, with? yeah. Peter Nelson's been in a bunch of stuff, too. Um, 
I don't really only remember him from Dune, um, or mm-hmm. no, not Dune, the V. V. Uh, but I guess he was in Die Hard 2 as well. Yeah. Um, I he, he, do I, not remember I think anything he was one about of the, Die Hard 2. I think he was one of the, the minions in Die Hard 2. Thompson, apparently. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a minion name. Yeah. It's also in the piece of crap Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman movie, Double Team. It's a hunk of just oh God, garbage. Double Team. It always cracks me up when you when you your levels, because you enjoy really, really bad movies, and you're like, no way, that's classic, and then Double Team. Is that your line for where <laughs> this team's is? Double Team's your line. Well, it's like, it's, uh, okay, so, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there, there is kind of like a rhyme and reason to it. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, if you... If you think about it's it's a matter of exploiting the subject of the movie or exploiting the audience of the movie. Ah. And I hate crap that exploits the audience of the movie. And Double Team is the defining exploit of It really is. The time. Like you know, we mentioned earlier there's a scene where they jump out of an airplane and a basketball's a parachute. There's nothing about basketball, no basketball. in that entire movie. Well, Rodman's other than in Dennis it. Rodman's in yeah. it. Dennis Rodman has nothing to do with basketball in that movie. I don't think he did Why is there do... a damn basketball parachute? <laughs> I don't think it's he did anything so to do with basketball while he was in basketball. Stupid. He was uh, he was a bad player. Yeah, you heard but, me say it. But yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 like that. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's the it's the it's the exploiting the the viewers. Oh, okay. I dig that. That's that's really um, good. But I mean, if you're if you're making some crap and you're gonna you're gonna make an exploitation movie, mm-hmm. sign me up, dude. I love this shit. You're right. I love it. Um, Expe- but, especially a genre pick like this kind of was as far as that goes. But yeah, like so, um, so so. <laughs> that was good, but uh, yeah, like sci-fi, like eighties, seventies, eighties sci-fi stuff. It, it's great. Man. Well, as I said, I, I, I love we, this kind we, of shit. It came up throughout the entire time. Is you know, this is one of the the side effects of a good movie like Blade Runner. Blade Runner sets the the stage for a genre, and, and then, then you get all this aftershock stuff. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yes. That happens. For sure. You know, we we see this throughout all of movie history. Oh God, look what Mad Max did. Exactly. Yeah. Holy Same shit, concepts. for like 10 years, just mm-hmm. nothing but just low, yeah. Yeah. low budget. I bought a, a three-pack for $3 full of Mad Max ripoffs. And I mean, you betcha we're going to be ripping into that thing I was going to say, they might be on this show. You talk about a YouTube top 10 list, there you go, movies that started a trend, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is one of these side effects of you know, you know Blair Witch Hunter or Blair Witch Hunter. Blair, Blair Witch. Blair Hunter. I want to know what the hell Blair Witch. I want to make about. that movie now, uh, but you know Blair Witch. It started that shaky cam, yeah, genre movie. Yeah, this, it really did. But this this movie followed. It didn't that. even really start it. It just put it into the the mainstream. Because I mean, there was stuff like uh, the last broadcast. Sure. It was basically the same movie just a few years before. Yeah. Blair Witch. You got a movie like Rack and things like mm-hmm. that. So, but no, this was one of those exact kind of feels of you could tell that they wanted to do something Blade Runner, but had about a hundredth of the budgets. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, you, should, you know, this like uh, this futuristic dystopian stuff was yeah. just so freaking the rage in the late eighties. Yeah, like everybody loved it. Sure, and but they loved neon, neon, neon everywhere, rain. <laughs> uh, neon and rain. That's right. But the, the the basic plot of the movie is that like. You know, there was some sort of a plague we find out at some point. Yeah. And, like, society's kind of crumbled because of it. And there's, like, this this overlord government mm-hmm. that is a thing well, somehow for something that for something. we don't really get a lot of motivation for other than asshole authoritarianism. Very 1984 type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And there's this guy, Bone, who's um, Peter Nelson from mm-hmm. V. And he was really the star of the movie. Gets fired from yeah. his job for reasons I don't. I don't remember exactly why he got fired. Because he the was dis- lab. Well, he was disrespectful. He's disrespectful. He never called the guy sir and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, so we're setting up that that he's uh, a victim of circumstance here for sure. And a rebel. And a rebel. 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 And uh, he ends up. Uh, he ends up meeting. Uh, Forced government prostitute Sherilyn Fenn. <laughs> yeah, government Which prostitution is a thing. A, yeah, uh, Sherilyn Fenn as Helen. Um, in a in a pre um, a pre Twin Peaks role for Sherilyn yeah. Fenn. Yeah. Um, one of her kind of before she broke, I really think. Well, um, that's your standard for a lot of things, though. It's Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's, it's like a. a, a AD, yeah, yeah, A ATP, yeah, BTP, ATP. For anybody that doesn't know John that well, Twin Peaks is pretty much his defining moment in life when it comes to movies. I mean, well, like the first TV shows. I mean, just like the first season and a half, because mm-hmm. like after AB, or was it ABC, I think it was ABC, it was like, nope, you got to end this. And Lynch is like, oh, I don't want to end this. This is not what I was planning on doing. Because he talks all funny, you know. It's uh, <laughs> a good impression. Yeah. Uh, and they they basically made him mm-hmm. like, hey, go ahead, wrap up the Laura Palmer stuff, and then you're like, well, the rest of this is going to be crappy. Yeah. Until David Duchovny shows up as a cross-dressing FBI detective, <laughs> it was so good, so good. When I first met John, it was one of those things that we that was the one of the first things we connected on was, dude, 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 and that's pretty much all we talked about for like a year. Nice. <laughs> Big fan of David Lynch right here. Yes. yes Big fan of is. David Lynch. Yes, he is. You, anybody ever wants to spend several hours talking about Mulholland Drive, I will be glad to do that any day of the damn week. I believe um, uh, Veronica, who's one of the hosts of Foodies Watching Movies, also loves David Lynch. So if she's ever on the show, you still have a lot. David only so, likes Mulholland Drive for one scene, so yeah. that's perfectly fine. Man, uh, so quick aside here, I went to see... Um, a movie with my mom, like she was in town that night. She's like, I want to go see a movie. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's, what do you, we'll go to the theater and see something. And I think we were planning on going to see, uh, we were soldiers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that we had gotten Mulholland drive. So as we're walking up to the theater, I see Mulholland drive on the marquee and I'm like, two, please. <laughs> like, did not think about it. Did not care about it. And I watched that movie sit next to my That's mother. Fantastic. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Yay. That was a little awkward. Especially, uh, you know. And then the next day, I get, the next day I get a phone call from a buddy of mine, Aaron. And he's like, hey, do you know we got Mulholland Drive? And I was like, yeah, I saw it last night. And he's like, oh, well, me and Amy were going to go see it tonight. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go again. Nice. So I saw it twice in two days. I see that. My favorite part of it was it ended was when I saw it with Aaron. It, it, it ended. And his, Amy, his girlfriend at the time, turns to him and goes, okay, you're going to have to explain that to me. <laughs> 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 and we're like, yeah, well, yeah. you're going to have to explain that to us, too, because, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of things that aren't meant to be explained no, in that. Well, it's, that's a typical David Lynch. Well, it started idea. off as a TV series, too, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things like the scene with the cowboy and right. stuff that doesn't really tie into anything else. It was, like, set up for later well, stories that were going to happen that and things kind of like stuff, that. Though. He likes deep diving, mm-hmm. just random stuff that has kind of to do with story elements, but nothing to do with the overall plot. Yeah, he actually hates people that try to overanalyze yeah. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. 
He's like, just let it be what it is. Yeah, he, he's one of those artists who does things for art. Eat some quinoa. <laughs> Eat some. Quinoa. You see, there's a there's a there's a special or uh, an extra on a DVD. I don't remember, maybe for Inland Empire, where he makes quinoa. quinoa. He just goes through his quinoa recipe. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's also the first place I learned how to pronounce quinoa. There quinoa. You go. It's like, what's this Quino stuff? Yeah. Quino? <laughs> Too many Qs in there. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, man, we're, we're just all over the place we're today. Crime get, Zone is the movie that we watched chaos. and what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. And we're doing a bad job of it. Sorry, it's, no, we're just like, oh, Sherilyn Fenn, Twitter <laughs> 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 Um So anyway, they kind of, uh, Sherilyn Fenn and Peter. Name. Um, Nelson. 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 Bone, I Bone and Helen, good. Bone and Helen hook up, and uh, they're kind of like the the rebels, you know, the casting yeah. off of society. The and then there's this part Clyde. where the which which is which is illegal because she's like property of the government whorehouse oh, yeah. yeah. or whatever. And then there's to, this one part like part, they spend huh? the night together, and then he's I don't know what the hell he was doing. Was he like going to get some milk or something? I don't. He's just like left. And he gets attacked by this cop who's just like, show me your dick. That was the weirdest part to it's me. It's so weird. And, and, then, then, like, and then she like looks at his dick and then leaves. Yeah. And she says something like, is that your normal size? Right. <laughs> it's like, no, it's cold to death. It's cold? Like- <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't understand what that was about. Yeah. It's like dick cops. <laughs> yeah, that was that- the, to me, that was, that's what I got most out of the movies. Yeah. That in the future, there are dick cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he, uh, he, there's these like other, these these friends of his that he hangs out with. And one of them gets real jealous that he's hooked up with Helen. We at the bar where they play pool with like Pokemon balls and like yeah. neon sticks or whatever. Future pool is it's always just, great. Really future awesome. pool. And it yeah. makes sweet future sounds when you yeah. hit the balls. And then, uh, what, what got me though was the, um, I don't know if you caught that, but there was an underlying subtone there where, uh, Bone's buddy was actually in love with him, and he couldn't deal with that and come to terms with it. That's why he was so angry. angry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Helen mentions that as a strike back when he captures her and holds her at gunpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Big deep theory there of why he was so angry. You're getting, yeah. you're getting into some 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 other zones i'm gonna say yeah that. you're getting in all of the zones there's a lot of zones there's in this a lot movie. of zones it's, man it's why you hired me to come here man you know? <laughs> it's true it's true we hired him with mcdonald's i bring i bring the layers he as far as stuff McDonald's. goes yeah. oh no, damn it um but uh so they end up uh getting hooked up with this they're trying to get out of the crime zone and uh David Carradine shows up and is like, hey, I can get you out of this crime zone, but you got to do this for me and has him go like break in and steal some shit. It's like some sort of records or something that mm-hmm. he's blackmailing yeah. something with the or government. trying to protect himself from the government or something mm-hmm. like that. And it turns out that he actually works for the government and he's recruiting people to be criminals so that they can continue to validate the police the state police. that they're living that they've got right, everybody right, locked right. down in, which is kind of an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did read the 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 original like concept and outline for this movie was done directly by uh, Corman. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know how much of his stuff he does that with. I mean, you got to think he probably doesn't do much of that anymore. He probably just 
has a script handed to him and he goes, okay, stamp here, yeah. go make it. Go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, for me, it was very 1984. It was very, the, uh, the, the government trying to control people mm-hmm. and we have to justify the government in right. itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what David Carradine's yeah. kind of character was. And he ended up, you know, being the bad guy, mm-hmm. but well, he's David Carradine. You well, expect sure. him to be the bad guy. Yeah. I guess that's it. Or do some thing. Kung Fu. No Kung Fu in this movie. Yeah, there's no Kung Fu. No Kung there, Fu. Were, there were future guns. Weird future guns. That shot like air pellets. Yeah. yeah that was kind of strange. Yeah. Pistols that were shotguns. That was, that was yeah. pretty yeah. You definitely You can definitely tell they didn't put a lot into the prop budget. Or the lighting budget. Or the lighting budget. It was a terrible lighting. They kept yelling at me because I kept making fun of the lighting. Well, it's... it's but it was, it was true, though. I mean, that's... That's low budget filmmaking trickery, right? Yeah, you can't but afford you can't afford great scenes. Damn thing, to but it's I, I feel like it was definitely done on purpose, you know, because I mean their 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 set budget was eighty five percent of that had to have been dedicated to blue neon lights. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Their neon budget. So like some absorbent. other scenes, like when there there's this uh, there's this cryogenics laboratory that they try to rob later to get money to get out of the crime zone once they've been double crossed. Mm-hmm. And like this the the pods that the cryo people are in are are their sunroofs. Yes. They're like sunroofs from like offices or something you know right. it's like that plastic bubble mm-hmm. and there's just like parts where there's i don't know if you guys noticed there's just plastic bags you're right there's yeah. like like garbage bags blown up just yeah. like in yep. the background so they're doing these like this shitty lighting and stuff to hide a lot of that because oh, you can you do to. that you know you control the lighting you control what people see then you can only have to deal with certain aspects of your set design but um, what i'm talking about is when they're having conversations and carradine is on center camera, and he can't see his face. Yeah, because yeah, he's got point. this grid lighting on him, and you're like, "This is here's my eyeball." Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. I mean, there are ways to fix that. You just need a flashlight and a sheet for a diffuser. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's not it's not that tough. Flashlight, somebody gets a Vaseline over here. Yeah, it's it's not hard, but you know, as I said, I I understand that stuff because independent movie things are pricey. But anything you have center camera. You know, yeah. you need to bring bring attention to that. I get the noir, dark, oppressive feel to it, but still, light your stuff. Come on, I want to see the actors when they talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just noticed that this movie was released on my eleventh birthday. Wow! Wow! So uh, this Neat. was your birthday present. Uh, <laughs> birthday present when I was eleven. I have, You're welcome. Yeah, I don't really remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Um, I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't. I don't find it to be. It wasn't particularly like egregiously bad. Mm. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't any worse than anything else around the same time and the, you know the same kind of budget. You know, the same kind of level of film. I, I don't right. think it was. I, I don't think it was poorly done in any way. Right. Outside of its, you know, time. It's genre, yeah. it's, it's focus. Genre, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's somewhat standard fare, I would say. I mean, Well, we use... say that now, but we don't know what else was going around during that particular time. This could have been the movie right after Blade Runner, and this could have been the everybody um, was looking for a kind of a sequel when as was, far as when that was kind Blade of Runner? Goes. Blade Runner was like 86, 87. No. You no. have the internet, so you can look that kind of the stuff. Internet. Um, but R&D no, department. You know, that's the thing is when you look back at a movie, that's... It's 82. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's a, 
you know, 40 years ago almost. Dear God, I'm an old man. And, uh, you know, we, we say that's kind of trite now, but back then there could have been the the next big thing after Blade Runner and a studio is trying to cash in because that's what you do. You have a big movie that makes a bunch of money, so these little studios and these little little actors try to uh, make a living doing what they can. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And it, you're right. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't something that you go, "Oh my god, I just saw the worst movie ever." Right. But it was more of a. Yeah, it was. That was fine. It, it, it was a movie. Well, I mean, you 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 pick up the box and you look at what's going on here, and you you definitely I you definitely have an expectation set. Yeah. When you see, or yeah, the, I did. Produced right. by Roger Corman, right? Starring David Carradine, and you yeah. see that big poster, you know beautiful what you're poster get. that you brought in. Uh, yeah, as the original uh, poster. I, I I've had this um, I've had this on a bootleg DVD for a long time. I picked up at a convention somewhere because it's like one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. I need to do that more because that sounds amazing. Actually, you don't <laughs> because <laughs> the internet. Yeah, the internet it's is true. The internet's way better it. at that stuff now, especially wonderful streaming services. Again, I still like, like Tubi available on all streaming platforms. Tubi. Um, you need to pick up a cred for that. But yeah, it was like it was like you know it was back. Ten years ago, you didn't really have that, right. you know. So, so you were like, "Oh man, there's a convention coming up. I can't wait to go buy some crap." Yeah, and you go find the because because a lot of this stuff, and it's not even illegal because a lot of this stuff falls under the curator mm-hmm. at uh, the curator clause at the time um, because there's are all kind of like forgotten movies, and if a movie had not been released on a format, then, available to this country and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, then then. That's why you could go to the conventions and buy these right. things because they weren't available from anywhere else. Right. right. Um, you're not paying for the rights to the movie. You're paying for the material and labor costs for the person to give you that movie. Um, so Sounds good to me. Not illegal. Not illegal. Set that up to the legal department. We're totally I'll cool. I'll Studio Ghibli, and I'm sure they'll appreciate it, too. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, you know, you... you you. you have a total expectation, and and yeah. I've had this movie forever. I saw it, and I was like, "Boom, Crime Zone." I love Sherilyn Fenn, David Carradine, uh, Death Race two thousand, yep. one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> uh, Roger Corman, David Carradine. You know, you Sold. see it back together. Yeah. Sherilyn Fenn, stamp. Let's get it. Yeah. And uh, this is actually the first time I've seen. It. I hadn't watched it until today. Wow. Nice. Wow. nice. Um, but I was sense. shopping for some movie paper, as I love to do. Um, I had found uh, the the auction house that I buy all my movie paper from had a bunch of folded one sheets. Uh, if you didn't know, one sheets were folded pre nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Um, or nine, no, it was later than that. I think like ninety one, ninety two, something like that. Is that shipping? Started, is it yeah, because shipping? shipping related. They, yeah. They'd send them in manila envelopes mm-hmm. before they started sending them in tubes. Tubes. Yeah. Um, and so anytime this this auction house has a lot of folded posters, I'm like, okay, this is going to be some stuff I got to go check through. And I found an awesome poster for one of my favorite Charles Bronson movies, Ten to Midnight. Wonderful movie. There's a dude that hangs dong in it. It's just everything <laughs> it's you want. Part. It's got oh, it's got the it's that's so, the one with the part. That's the one with the part where he's like at the cafeteria with his daughter, and his daughter's like, "Is that all you're gonna eat? Is a piece of quiche?" And he's like, "I hate quiche." <laughs> She's like, "Why'd you get it then?" He's like, "I thought it was pie." <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. I love, I love that movie so much. It's great. Fantastic. And I found that they had that, and I was like, "I'm buying this. I'm getting on this auction. I don't care what I got to do to get to it." And I'm like, "Well." 
I'm already committed to the like $12 shipping package because this place is serious. Mm. So like when you order a package, like it's bulletproof. I mean, awesome. they, they deal with like, I mean, they deal with money stuff at sure. this place. Sure. Like you're going to get an original 32 original King Kong from them at some point in time. Like, they've sold one. That'd be fun. Ooh, that, yeah. I want to think how much that was. Uh, just like $200,000 or something like that. I mean, it was, just, it was just insane. It's one of the most expensive like pieces of movie memorabilia that's ever been sold. time, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I'm committed, so I might as well go through the rest of this stuff and see what's in there because they do a 1,000 posters every auction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, holy crap, there's a crime zone. Yeah. <laughs> Six bucks. Give me that crime zone. Crime zone. <laughs> Give me that crime. So I also got a couple. I got a couple other really awesome ones. I got a uh, uh, one sheet for taking a Pelham one two three. If you've never seen t- taking a Pelham one two three, you have to, if for no other reason than the awesome Beastie Boys lyric. Yep. Uh, taking a Pelham one two three. If you want to do the rhyme to come see me, you know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's got Walter Matthau in it. And there's these dudes hijack a train, and Walter Matthau is detective. It's it's real good. Uh, I love that movie. Got one of those. Police Academy four. You know all the hits. Yeah. yeah all the hits. Police Academy four. All the Police Academy posters were done by Drew Struzan, and I absolutely love Drew Struzan's art. Um, you may not know him by name if you're not real into movie poster stuff, but it's one you of those things are. that like, you look at the Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. That's Drew Struzan. Yeah. You look at the cover of Black Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. That's Drew Struzan. Oh, it's wow. one of those Black. things that's very recognizable yes. when you see it. You're yes, like, his hey. style's very recognizable and... You know, I love Drew, so pick up Drew posters every time I get one for four <laughs> bucks. So no worries. But yeah, I got this one, this this one sheet for crimes. Uh, we'll probably throw some pics up on the Facebook page. So yeah, he brought it here. It's um, awesome. It's we got good. it. So it's it's pretty cool. So segway, hard break, hard break, left turn, Skirt. back about three minutes. Magic Charles Bronson. I was it's an say. episode of the D list. So what do we got to do? Does it Bronson? Guess what? It do. It do. It do. It do. I was I was kind of thinking about this. I was like, man, how can this Bronson? How can this Bronson? Because I like to try to see if I can figure it out without the help of the interwebs, Um, or at least to manually do it through the interwebs and not like just start querying databases. Sure. Um, And I was like, well, it's gonna be through um, Corman. It's got to be through Corman. Yeah. Roger Corman has made so fucking many movies. Well, I was gonna say because you got Carradine and Corman. No way they didn't they didn't hook up at some point in time, right? So, yeah. I mean, Charles Bronson made a crap load of movies, especially right. westerns. He made a lot of westerns right. early on, as did Roger Corman. It's like they gotta meet up somewhere. And guess what? Nineteen fifty-eight. What? Machine Gun Kelly, directed by Roger Corman, starring. Mr. Charles Bushinsky. Mr. Charles. Oh, sorry. Charles. Was it Charles? Uh, Charles Bushinsky. Bushinsky. Actually, this may have been. Uh, this may have been. This may have been one where he was listed as Charles Bronson. It may have been late because I think he was only Bushinsky for like the first few. Few something. before he changed his name. Um, yeah. So it's just a, uh, you know, uh, prohibition. It's about Machine Gun Kelly. It's just, okay. Yeah. I yeah, haven't yeah. seen the it. The rapper. No, yeah, no, gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Charles Bronson didn't show up when we're well, talking about him. I thought you were going to go to the Carradine route, so 
No, I, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, but I, I can't figure out where they would have ever crossed over. I suppose Carradine did a bunch of westerns too. He did, would you say like um, 209 or something? Two, stupid? 237, yeah. I think, is what his Yeah, that's the route are. I thought you were going to go with that. Um, yeah. Which is our new podcast, the Carradine Podcast. <laughs> that's what the D in the D list is. <laughs> yep. Um, and actually, if you guys just want to do that, and we'll just watch. Death Race 2000. <laughs> oh, for every episode. episode movie, yeah, yeah. I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> by I far. I think that's too highbrow for this uh, podcast. Um, yeah, because uh, Sylvester Stallone wears a tie. Yeah, absolutely. It. Machine Gun Jova Turbo. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So it does Bronson. So it does Bronson. Oh, that's That fantastic. makes us three for three. Or We can keep this going, yeah. I, I think it's probably going to. I, I really... Bronson did so much. And... He did so much, and I mean, we—I think we really pulled out a really difficult one with Iron Master. Yeah. In that, uh, the the composer for this Iron Master also did a Charles Bronson movie. Yep. Because that yeah. that was I think that was luck that we stumbled across that one because I don't know how we would have even figured that out. But I think that's kind of how we like decided to have that the segment. <laughs> I think you're right. I yeah. think that was, was oh well, we were just like. We love Charles Bronson. Hey, this relates to Charles Bronson. Guess what? We're talking about Charles Bronson. That's fantastic. I think it's called the B list. Yes, (laughs) Bronson list. But you could never do a Bronson movie, then. No, we determined that uh, in the first episode. We kind of broke down some stuff we're never going to do. We're not going to do like sci-fi movies. Of course not. Just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the room, and you know, those like played out. Yeah, everyone's played out stuff. You want to talk about Uh, stuff that nobody? And we also qualified that we are not going to do a Charles Bronson movie because Charles Bronson did not make any bad movies. Oh, there you go. Correct. There. With possibly the exception of Family of Cops, Family of Cops 2, and Family of Cops 3. He However, loved doing those sequels, didn't he? Well, they were made for TV. Ah, so okay, Got to make that okay, TV okay, money. Okay, they were okay. made for TV, so we may not count. Those were actually his last movies as well. And we're not going to watch Death Wish on here because it's great. Or Death Wish say. 2. Or Death Wish 2. Or the best one, Death Wish 3, colon, Respect Your Elders. Respect Your Elders. <laughs> you can watch the new Death Wish and compare it. That is a piece of shit. I was going to say, you can compare it to the old one. I was one so disappointed yeah. in my boy. I never watched it. I was like, well, uh, I, w- I was like, man, I'm not happy they're doing this. This no. sucks. And no. I was like, Eli Roth is doing this. Then you're like, well, okay, this has possibilities because well, it's Eli. Well, and then nope. Yeah, that's a shame. I also forgot that Eli Roth has made more shitty movies than he has made good movies. Very much true. Um, yeah. I'm, but still, when he I'm gets, still coasting off a of cabin fever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has to do with the fact when he gets passionate about something, he could sometimes pull it off. Yeah, he can. It was like the haunted house he had in Vegas for a while. Everybody loved that, mm-hmm. and it closed after a month. Yeah. Because everybody who wanted to go to it went to it, and then it got dull. His uh, his series, the uh, History of Horror series right. that he did, that was awesome. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Plug for that. Shout out to Eli Roth. <laughs> yeah. Listen, to, listen to the podcast. Tweet, tweet us. I don't know. We don't have a tweeter or whatever. A tweeter? Yes. <laughs> we don't have any tweeters. A Twitter? <laughs> but, okay, so there we go. There's episode three. We kind of talked about the Crime Zone. Yep. We mostly talked about other stuff that we enjoyed more than Crime Zone. But Still, Crime Zone was fine. It was, it was whatever. It was whatever. Sitting here thinking about it, I didn't. I don't hate it as much as I th- originally thought I did sitting there watching it. Well, I feel like it just it just had a really good thing. I mean, you know, it's it's it was 1989, so it's a little later than some of the other movies we've done before. Um, so you're gonna see a Probably little bump, in, a little so bump in quality. Yeah, it had it had stars in it that we were familiar with, as opposed to Iron Master, starring George Eastman and George Eastman and that one. muscly guy that was a porn star or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you know, I feel like that makes it more accessible to us, it, 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 and it was it was fine. 
it was fine. So I'm going to give. Oh, so what is our uh, what is our scale? I'm going to give Crime Zone three out of five zones. Ooh, three. I'm going to give it. Zones. I'm going to give it the Crime Zone. All right, all right. I'm going to give it the Plague Zone. Plague Zone. And I'm going to give it the Bone Zone. Ooh, Bone Zone. It's the yeah, best zone. It is. It is. How about you guys? Um, you know what? I think I'm going to agree with John. No, they're sitting back. Three zones, but different zones. Uh, the beach zone. The beach zone. The beach zone. Beach good. zone. That's uh, that's probably the least featured zone. Yeah. Uh, bar zone. Bar zone. That's, that's crime zone. That's part. Of, oh, that's part of crime zone. Okay. So crime zone. I mean, you got to give the crime zone the crime zone. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna rate it zone zones, <laughs> the crime zone has to be the crime zone. It's true. The crime zone, zone. And then the plague zone. So. <laughs> See, I'm way harsher on movies than you guys. Rip it up. So mine is a a two zones. Two zones. Two because, zones. Uh, there needs to be a lighting zone and there needs to be a script zone for me to, <laughs> to enjoy a movie. And that you didn't hadn't, see those zones. And I did not see those zones, so it only gets two zones for me. Well, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, that, that, that's also uh, that's something I'm really excited about because Dave and I love these kinds of movies. Like this. Yep. Is, I mean, we're not like not even anything to do with the podcast. Sit at home. Tuesday night, 7.30, just finished a bowl of spaghetti or something, sitting on the couch. What am I going to do? I'm going to turn on something probably like Crime turn Zone. It. Yep. That, I actually, do the actually, same thing. Actually, no. It's 7.30 on a Tuesday. I'm halfway through the newest episode of All Elite Wrestling Dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, same. But Thursday? Thursday, maybe. I do that, too. I'll be sitting at home. like, what should I do? And I'll like hop on. like For me, Amazon Prime is just full of A lot like, of good stuff on Prime, stuff. too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, and what's this? Boom. And that's how I just discovered a, uh, a kung fu horror movie that I might watch tonight. Nice. Uh, seems like there's a lot of George Eastman stuff on, uh, yes. on uh, Amazon Prime. Prime. So. And for me, I'm deep diving for my 15th time into watching The Fountain again because you know, mm. I love those art movies. Mm. Art so movies. As you should see the look on these guys' faces. They're really going to make Nah, man. I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm falling <laughs> into fine. it. Dude, we just, we just, I just went on a complete ridiculous tangent about Mulholland Drive. Right. So we're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. totally good. So there we go. That is the third episode of the D list. In the uh, bag. It's in the bag. Be sure to hit us up on Facebook. Uh, we got a Facebook page rolling out. Um, probably here soon. Probably here soon because we're still waiting to technically on the launch of the first episode. Um, don't pay any attention to the timelines of any of this stuff. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with anything. Nothing's canonical here. No. There's there's no there's no canon. There's, there's no, no canon. Except for canon films. Can, yes. Except for canon films. <laughs> Absolutely. There is definitely canon. There 100% will be canon films yep. at some point in time. Yeah. Probably not like Cobra, but maybe the Apple. Oh. Maybe the Apple. the Apple. I heard that's a terrible piece of crap. Ooh, I'm in. Count me in. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on Facebook. Uh the journey into podcast network journey as always network. journey journey into what did I just say journey journey into podcast that's not even close. a thing it's not <laughs> even a thing so the yeah uh, journey into comics yeah uh, big thanks to the journey into comics podcasts and all their other shows be sure to check those out uh, podcastrophe podcastrophe uh, podcastrophe man I am screwing up all the names right now <laughs> Fruits with dudes movies. dungeons with dudes foodies watching movies be sure to check out all of our friends at journey into comics podcast network shout out to the pod father nate phillips always gotta shout absolutely him out. the one and only 
The one and only Podfather. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Later.